Hello and welcome to the Mind Your Leadership podcast. I'm Karen Tsuk and today I will speak with Chris Marhakfa. Chris is the CEO and facilitator at Training Camp for the Soul and the founder and facilitator of the Embodied Man community in Madrid. In this episode, we will speak about what does it mean to thrive and create out of self-awareness and a free choice and not acting upon our automatic behaviors and survival mode. And much more. So stay with us. Chris, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for joining. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Chris, I know that you facilitate transformations by opening hearts, expanding minds, and giving people permission to be their most authentic self. Mm-hmm. You work with various kinds of tools like uh, breath, somatic, energy work, story work, inner child work, mindset, and much more. First of all, I would love to hear your path. No, usually we have our own path that brings us to fulfill our calling. So if you have something to share with us, how you got to this point and... And what do, you, what do you see is the challenging, the most challenging thing that people uh, face today in the world, in this hectic reality? So I, it's mm. two questions in one. Yeah. <laughs> start with, so start with the first one, and then we move to the next one. Yeah. A bit about my story and, and how I got here. I was raised to be ambitious and hardworking, and that got me to be successful in school by... traditional ways um, successful in sports mm-hmm. and then eventually um, as it came time to join the real world uh, after college I became successful in business and and I did so as an entrepreneur I had this drive and this passion to pave my own way and so my my growth mindset was always there but what I was focusing it on changed changed from like sports and fitness to and to school and college and doing well in that and then on eventually business and as I was well over a decade as an entrepreneur my whole pursuit was making myself better so I could make my business better mm-hmm. and so I could be a better leader and that got me down the road of personal development and I spent uh, well over a 10 years uh, reading the books, listening to all the podcasts, uh, attending the seminars and the lectures, and um, even hired a few coaches. And I grew a lot in those 10 years. I, I really uh, was so committed to getting better and improving myself. What I came to figure out, <laughs> how this story <laughs> comes to a, a precipice is... Um, What I came to figure out is that um, by the time I was 30 years old, I had checked just about all of the boxes that I said I wanted to check in my whole life by the time wow. I was 30. And um, I worked really hard to do so. And I got to the point to where I looked at that list that I had checked. I'd been goal setting for forever since I can remember. And I'd been hitting them time after time after time. 
And there was just a moment I was sitting there right around my 30th birthday. I had just gotten married. I had the house, I had multiple businesses and community. And I remember looking at that list as I was getting ready to goal set for the next year. And I just had this like thought arise, this pop-up that was like, there's got to be something more. And by more, I meant not more money, more possessions, more things, more numbers on my business, whatever, the scoreboard, I was thinking there's, there's got to be something deeper than this. Mm-hmm. And so that is what, that was like the moment that was a tipping point for me that I started looking a little bit beyond just information and building knowledge. And what are the things that are, that are deeper within me that want to come out? and be expressed in the world or what is in the way of me doing that it's more important uh is what was in the way of being more of who i really wanted to be i had this realization that as i was doing that same exercise with the journaling and and the the goal setting the check boxes i i had this realization that i don't even want half these things that i put on there they were just shoulds they're either someone told me I should have this, or this is just the next logical step. <laughs> it's like, oh, the, the next should is you just should grow your business to this, and then you should do this. And um, I realized that uh, a lot of what I had created in my life, I didn't actually want. And it was just the next logical step based on the storybook that I was following. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it was at that point that I just, I really, I really decided that I wanted to see if I could change my story. Even I didn't even think it was possible at the time, but I I found a mentor that supported me and and teach me a different way of thinking, a thinking that was um, addressing what was happening in my subconscious and not just in my conscious mind. That was a really big shift for me to understand that there's a lot running the show that our, our mind isn't actually processing and thinking through. Um, that was a big aha moment for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and I believe that that leads me right into, you asked a question about like the, the biggest challenging facing uh, people in the world today. It's a really tough question with all the external threats and, and dangers and all the things happening in the world, there's so many challenges that people face. However, uh, my belief now that doing this work that I do is the challenge that most people's lives are driven subconsciously. All of their decisions, all of their thoughts, all of their actions are driven by fear. And it could be fear of um, not having enough food or, or money to survive, or it could be fear of judgment of other people for doing something or not doing something. Uh, it could be fear of something external. And it's fear is a very contracting way to live. And you only survive it. And so what I think the biggest challenge is that most people, even in the most affluent time with the abundant resources of technology that we have and the connections all over the world, most people are still living in survival. 
They're just surviving every moment. They're not actually thriving in their life. They're not actually creating their life. They're just surviving the moment that's there. And they get to the next moment. They're like, whew, glad we survived that. Oh, but we got to survive this one too. And I'm being a little silly there, but it's true. Um, most people are just getting through their moments, getting through their days, and then eventually just getting through their lives. What does it mean to thrive versus life versus surviving life? Like if uh, someone listens to us and says, okay, am I surviving life or thriving life? How can we know when we act upon a survival mode or thriving? Yeah, the first way to notice is if, if you're going through your day just trying to avoid things. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to avoid feeling a certain way, if you're trying to avoid um, like contact with certain people or you're trying to avoid certain problems or you're trying to avoid your thoughts in your own head or your emotions in your body, if you're just trying to avoid life, you're in survival. If you're in a place to where you're creating, where you're creating something, Uh, material in the world or you're creating your life, meaning um, you're intentionally directing it. You're saying what you do want and not what you don't want. And then also like a good check for that is how do you just how do you feel about life? And I'm going to do some visuals on the camera. But when we're in fear, we are generally contracted. We're tight. We're compressed, our heads are down, and we're literally protecting ourselves. Our body position is that like like, uh, like tight down. And when we're in expansion and creation and thriving, we're, we're generally open. We have an open body position. We're breathing slowly. There's a bit more calmness and peace to our existence because we know we're, we're safe. We're not surviving. We're safe. We're safe to create. We're safe to be. We're safe to just live. Um, and so there's a lot more like slowness to it. There's a lot more, yeah, I said peace. And so it's like this feel really wound up like, Oh, like, I don't know what's going on. If you look at a, this is a great example. If you look at a predator animal versus a prey animal, a prey animal is constantly in survival. And so they're very jumpy. They're very like always eyes looking around, darting around like a deer in the woods. Or if you look at a predator animal, just slowly kind of lounging around most of their days, just observing and watching and resting. That's, that's how I would, I would check in. I would check in is, do you feel more like a, a predator animal or more like a prey animal? I agree with you. And it's really surprising that most of the people, as you said, are living from survival mode instead of thriving. And from my experience, we really need courage to listen to ourselves, to be authentic. As you said at the beginning, first of all, I think most of us are acting upon a belief system that sometimes doesn't serve us anymore, right? It got us to a point, but now we need to let go of this belief system. It's, and it's not an easy process. It's really going deeper and letting go of feeling and attachments on ways we thought were coherent acting in this world. And also, you like the, the way that you say we have a lot of should, right? We should and should and should, and it's an external motivation. But then we come to a point we said, okay, is it really I want this to achieve this? I really want to do this. So I think I need to do it in order to get love, to be connected, to be appreciated. 
and it's really moving our intention, our strengths inward, right? Instead of looking for the love we want and the connection. Because, you know, I think at the end of the day, each and every one of us are looking for to be worthy, to be loved, to be connected. Yes. And we are searching outside, not in the right area. You know, there's the story, I don't know if I will say it uh, right, Tori, that someone uh, didn't find his ring or something and he was looking, he went outside of the house and was looking outside. So the, his neighbor told him, why are you looking here? I said, because there's a lamp here, I can see something. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Did <laughs> yep. I ruin it? Did I ruin it? <laughs> no, that was it. That was perfect, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I believe that it's so subtle too that we don't, it's like our mind when we're in our mind, we can't see that we're in our mind. And so it's like the, the animal in the cage doesn't know that they're in the cage. It's just how they were raised. And it's so, I have so much compassion for it because this is the work that I do now. And, and almost universally, universally, we were all raised with a set of programming and subconscious beliefs. And like you, you nailed it. It's, they were created for a reason. And they were created to get us through development and to survive and to, we learn them based on the models that we had. And so you can look at all of your core behaviors and you can tie them to either mom or dad. <laughs> and, and it's either you copied them or you rebelled against them because you didn't want to be like them, but it's still driving it. It's still and driving it's the same it. Same energy, right? Yeah. You're just going in one direction or the other. <laughs> and so um, all of us are walking around with that. And we have this like all powerful belief, which is great, but it's this belief that we're in complete control and we're making all the decisions and I'm in such control of my life. And really like studies show that like our, our, our conscious decision-making is like somewhere between two and 8% of our, of our real reality. It's the unconscious. It's all these programs that are running in the background. It's, it's like on our computers. It's like this, this program that we're running and we're seeing is only a very small percentage of what makes this whole computer run and, and do what it's doing right now. And we're that same way. And what I, I love is I love teaching people how to identify and the, the root of like where these core beliefs came from and then teach them how to uh, keep the ones that they love and really are serving them and then replace the ones that aren't because most people are living in the ones that aren't serving them, unfortunately. So how do you identify and overcome a problem, issue or challenge that occurred in your childhood that it continuously affects you today? How, how do you help people acknowledge this program that runs in their mind and overcome them. Yeah, the the process we use is a, a five stage process and it works every time for every person, but that doesn't mean it's easy. It takes a lot of practice to do because it's generally a different way of problem. Most people see problem and then they just immediately try to fix problem with an action or a different behavior that's jumping from step one to step five. And there's a lot in the middle that needs to be solved. So stage one, and this is, I believe the starting line for everything is awareness. You have to have some level of awareness around what is the thing that you're addressing. And, and some people have some awareness to it, but it's usually a level of awareness that's just in the mind relative to their life today. So they're like, I don't like that I don't have enough money, or I don't like that I attract these toxic relationships or 
whatever. And that's one level of awareness. And then we actually take them deeper to where that came from. And so we do that in a number of different ways in our program. But what we're doing is we're getting them in a state to where we're uh, just like really down-regulated so where they can pay attention to their body's response. Because it's not about what your conscious mind thinks. It's about how you're responding when, when we, like if we were to say a limiting belief, like you're, you're not worthy, really, really classic core wound there. You're not worthy. It, how does your, like when I say that directly to you, how does your body respond? If there's no response, that's not something that you really have. It's not something you're dealing with. But if your body tenses up, if you have an immediate sensation show up in your body, it's like, oh, that that's running the show. And so then we go through a process of that's stage one. And then the, the second part is where a lot of people get stuck in personal development is this acceptance and, and commitment. And, and in that stage, it is a complete, I don't like using the word surrender, but it's really like a surrender that like, this is just the way you are today and it's nobody's fault. It's not your parents' fault for passing it on. They just did their best with what they had. And just accepting that you now that you're aware of this have the opportunity to change it, but you have to like fully commit and dive into doing so. Um, and this is the part that's really hard for a lot of people because it oftentimes bumps up against your identity. <laughs> it's usually like you formed a big identity around this belief and by accepting it, you literally have to admit that you've been living your life out of alignment in some way, at least around this belief. That's, that's challenging for some people at first. And, um, and, and you have to, you have to admit responsibility for it too, it's like radical responsibility. And yeah, that's, that's tough for, for people. And then we go to stage three where we identify the root. Is this mom or dad related? Mom represents self-learning. Dad represents others in the world and higher power and others. And, and then we go to if there was memories. And this actually part isn't that important. But sometimes there's a story associated with it that's running for people. So we like to close the loop on the story. So if there is a story it's a memory. Is this something they learn from seeing, hearing, feeling? And then we go through a somatic process, which is just a somatics is just mind body connection. We go through a somatic process to where we're just observing the sensation in their body without judgment. So we're just watching it like a movie screen. And what that does is that releases, and it, it's difficult at first for a lot of people that aren't practiced in it's, it's difficult so hard for me to learn this because immediately what wants to come up is calling it a label is like oh this is anxiety oh this is sadness and then immediately the mind is like oh but why am i anxious why am i sad where's this come i don't want this to be here like change this and so to do it without like any judgment is is new and but what it does though it, it causes it allows us to have separation between what's happening in us and what we're making it mean. And, and when there's nothing to mean about it, it, the emotional charge of it just starts dissipating. And that's the powerful gift of doing these middle stages that I was talking about that most people miss is that the emotional charge just like completely dissipates. 
and then um, and then we replace it with something new. So if very simply, like I'm not worthy, what might come through for someone is, wow, I am worthy. I'm worthy of this career, dream, job, life, partnership, whatever. And um, and so that just comes through for people because they now have created space in their mm. system and their body. There's space and there's just like all this new stuff. They're like, wow. Um, it's this like beautiful aha moment where it's like you're watching a child like discover the world again. People are discovering themselves. And then five, uh, stage five is is where you then have to take that new belief, that new affirmation, and you actually have to bring it into your life, which means taking actions, which means changing your behaviors, your thought patterns. And this is the part that takes time. This is the part that takes a lot of courage because it may mean you have to start changing parts of your life that you've lived your whole life with. And again, that takes radical responsibility and it takes a lot of courage to do that. And it may mean that you're, you're changing your career or you're changing your relationships or you're spending less time with people that you've spent time with your whole life, or you're, you're moving or whatever, whatever big... So it's amazing what you say. I agree with each and every word that you say. First of all, you know, I'm helping leaders also to act from a mindful place. And this is actually what you said. As Viktor Frankl said, mindfulness is the ability to create this space between the stimulation and the response. Mm -hmm. And when you broaden this space, you have a free choice to choose your behavior. So this is actually the mindfulness aspect and creating space. And it's really crucial for us as human beings nowadays to move toward this place of being instead of running after our tail and being in the doing mode as leaders, as managers, also as individuals, and to do more of the same without stopping and asking ourselves, why are we doing it? Does it really serve me? Or I do it because of a survival mode, because this is only what I know. I couldn't agree more that it's it's really scary, this process, because once we, first of all, create place within ourselves, so we can, as leaders, create space and place for others also to be present, right? Mm -hmm. And when they are present, all of us are present, we can be in the uncertain area, right? Because we don't know what will emerge through our conversation and what will be the new uh, solution. Or... So I think it's a scary process because we don't know. It's versus the survival mode, right? Being It's the thriving mode to be able to not know the answer, not know how this period will end. I will I'll go to the next step. I can have a vision, but I don't know how to get there. So mm -hmm. there's the time that I need to be in the uncertain time, and it's inconvenient for a lot of us to be there. So this is the practice, right? To be able to be there and without closing this space, it allows us to create something new. Yeah, you, you hit on a, like really great points there. And th what you described was a lot of the reasons why I had resistance to initially doing this work is because I, I, it was there was a lot of unknown to it. There's a lot of what's going to be the, <laughs> is the classic ROI of me doing this. Like what is going to be the outcome? And it's really, it's almost impossible to say what an individual's outcome is until they start diving into what's actually there below the surface. But the gift of it and the way you can live when you're driven by, we say this mode of, of creation and thrival, creation and thrival is for yourself. It's for the good of your community, your family, all of mankind, the earth. You, you literally are creating from a place of fullness 
So like the way I say, like talk about it from like a linear, like business ROI is I used to work 80, 100 hour work weeks regularly as an entrepreneur because I, my model was working hard equals success. Mm-hmm. And I was always tired. And so, and I was always operating from fear of like, not enough, like not going to hit these goals, like not going to be able to whatever, have significance and not going to be the successful entrepreneur that I'd say I want to be. And uh, just operating from this place and always falling short. And so it left me in this like depleted stage all the time. And so I was just a shell version of myself. Meanwhile, back then I thought I was a high achiever because I was just like putting in a lot of hours, but I was just so, I was like 10% of what I know to be now. And now that on the other side of this, like doing this work, like when I show up, I show up a hundred percent. I can do more, create more, be more in uh, like one day of working a half day relative to what I used to. And then the whole week of what I was doing before. And, and it's also stuff that lights me up. It, it drives me. And by doing that, it's an energy that people are attracted to. It's like, oh, I can, I can see they actually care about what they're doing in the world. They're just not trying to get more and fill their own hole with, with more things or more money. And this like gaping hole inside that I experienced for so many years that I was just trying to fill with things. And there's a big difference when the energy is coming from like abundance and desire to improve themselves and the world and the company that they're in and the community that they're in. And so like, that's the big difference that I talk when I talk to people that are familiar with personal development growth and they're in the business world. It's like the ROI is that you're going to be the best possible version of yourself, which probably haven't fully experienced yet. And I can say that honestly, because if you're not tapped into like this infinite source of energy that's within all of us, you're just, you're filling up with things. And for me, that was abundance of caffeine and um, (laughs) yeah. And other just stimulants to keep me going and then crashing at the end of the day and then hopefully doing it again. And then what we see now is that the majority of our, our chronic illnesses and diseases are a result of just that compounding stress. So if that's what we want, if we just want to slowly beat down our body every single day until we die, then like you have full permission to do that. And also there's a way more fulfilling. And I can't tell you what that is for you. I just know what it is for me and like the path that I see many people use to get there. So is when we are connected to ourselves and really deep listening to ourselves, to our passion, we're walking from the being mode, less than the doing mode. Mm-hmm. So we can be more present and to listen what's needed and to be as a servant to our employees, to our customers, to our community. And we're coming from a different place and people and it resonates and people are reacting to this way of being much more to our doing, right? Mm -hmm. I think this is kind of the transformation that we need to do as humankind nowadays. This is the transformation we need to work from the inside out and not the opposite. It's like the people profit blowing it. It's not enough to make profit, but we need to be as a servant to our community to be sustainable. And then the profit will be there, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And especially as leaders, like the leaders that are listening to this podcast, if you're always so caught up head down in what you're doing in your day-to-day and the things 
checking the boxes, you're missing like with your eyes up and open and like leaning back and just observing, you're missing so many opportunities that are all around it. It may be just an opportunity to notice like, oh, this person on my team has like gone above and beyond on this project. And like, I'm going to acknowledge them for that. If you're so caught up in your own stuff, you're going to miss that completely. Or maybe it's an opportunity in the market where things are things are happening at a really like maybe high level or on the fringes, but you're just kind of like head down, like in, in this, in this thing that we got to do right now in this moment and just survive in this moment. You're going to miss seeing like, oh, wow, like our whole industry is shifting. Like there's pivoting happening and like we need to get out in front of this. And instead it's like this, oh, no, this is the problem today in this problem in this moment. And so as a leader, it's almost our responsibility to be more present. It's our responsibility to sit back and be and observe more so that we can operate the ship more effectively. It's like when you go, I was on a cruise many, many years ago and we got a tour with, with our family and we went up to the, the, I don't know if they call it the cockpit and a cruise ship, but the captain doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. uh, he may like park. I don't know if he even does that. We weren't parking, but we were just trying, he doesn't actually like touch any of the things he just guides and directs and he's got the navigator and they got the binoculars and he'll like check, he'll pull up his binoculars, but like they don't actually do any of the hands-on. Um, and that's so that they can be aware of all of the things that are happening. As soon as they put their head down, they're missing out on what else, the infinite amount of data that's happening around them. And so that's what I think being present can do for a leader. And it's almost a requirement to lead. Without that, you're, you're missing out on, on a big part of what it means to lead. I want uh, to clarify it because I think being present and mindful is also being connected to our own experience and at the same time being able to see the broader picture, not caught up with our emotions or with what we are experiencing. But it is crucial to be connected to what we are feeling. Otherwise, we are disconnected and only working from our mind, as you said at the beginning. So we need to combine the ability to see the bigger picture being in our mind, but also with our hearts and presence and sensation without letting them manage us, but we're managing them, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that second part you just added, the connected to self, is what has us guide our decisions and how we, when we observe, how we move forward with that from, from this whole loving, connected place, rather than the fear-based place that we started this conversation with when you're connected to yourself. And yeah, that's a very, very critical part of it. Otherwise, we're just... We're, we're just observing and responding, which is what we don't want, responding unconsciously. And so, yeah, it, it definitely takes a, a lot of practice, though, because like that, that mind is so quick and yeah. subtle to just creep back in. And we just get caught up in our own stories and our own drama, melodramas that are playing out. And um, sometimes even I can go and go through my day and be like, Oh man, I just got caught up in my day. And I was like, oh yeah. And, and, but before it, it would have been weeks or months, I would get caught up in something, just caught up in just like uh, whatever the story I was telling myself, this drama that was playing out. And um, so now it's much more rare. I've practices to come back to it, to mindfulness, to come back to this presence um, so that I don't miss out 
on days. I don't miss out on minutes. I don't miss out on moments. Um, so the intention is like, how often can I come back to presence? Cause it's, I'm going to slide out of it. Like we live in a distracted world. It's, I can accept that. I choose to live in here. I'm not living as a monk in a, a cave somewhere, but that just means that I have to be more intentional with bringing myself back to presence. That's great. Chris, can you give a tip, a practical exercise for our listeners, how they can be more present and more mindful in the day to day? Absolutely. And this is something that can be used anytime, any place, and is absolutely free. And it's the first step in making any change in your life. It's the first step in getting to presence and it's stopping and taking breath, like a deep belly breath, filling your body and then like letting it out on an exhale. And for most people that practice really uh, high chest panicked breathing, anxiety breathing is really high in the system. It's shallow. That's going to be challenging. And you may need to take another breath and you may need to take another and you may need to take another. The like, if you could if you could have the patience to not move forward in your day until you are breathing breathing from your diaphragm into your belly calmly and slowly you would notice an immediate effect on how you feel and how you're able to create your life that simple step alone if you always anytime you felt yourself caught up and i, I call it this like uh spiraling up you just like get spiraled up and like uh Exploding. <laughs> Exploding. Yeah. The pressure's building. It's getting up. Anytime you feel yourself in that overwhelmed state, if you just stop, stop what you're doing, slow everything down and just breathe, breathe. And what it also shows you is that, oh, everything's not going to fall apart if I don't operate a million miles an hour. Oh, I can actually take a moment for the most important thing, which is breathing in this the air that sustains us and this life force. And so just breathe low and slow into your belly. And that in itself will bring you back to a level of presence. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you don't even need to do anything else. If you want to sit in it longer, because it feels good. <laughs> it feels good to be there. If you want to sit in it longer, start to observe observe what's actually happening around you observe what's actually happening within you notice the thoughts that are arising oh i was just i was just about to respond to this but i stopped and now i'm actually going to respond differently notice those things mm -hmm. you start noticing you start becoming more aware of how you're operating and how you can actually change it you're like oh i was just going to like snap on this person for borrowing my stapler but oh they should probably need a stapler they've returned it like not a big deal it's like like i want this person to do like their job <laughs> they need a stapler <laughs> yeah whatever i'm just using silly examples but there's so many things like that and um and if we don't have those moments where we stop they just build and they build and and the work carries over into home into our partners and our children, and it carries over into our self-care and our health for our own bodies. And then we wake up the next morning and that carries over to work. And it's just like this building, building, building. And every time we check in and slow down, 
it's almost like a little bit of a reset. So even if you had a stressful day, even if you caught yourself and you're like, wow, I was really overwhelmed all day today, don't take it one more moment forward. As soon as you have awareness to that, stop it in its tracks and be like, okay, I acknowledge that. Stressful day, now what? Do I want to continue having a stressful week? Do I want to continue having a stressful life? Do I want to now put all this stress on my kids and my, my family? Or do I want to just stop and take a breath? And before I move forward with my life, slow down, breathe slowly, get back to presence. Great. Thank you. And as you said, really be present with what comes. And you can be even an unpleasant feeling like a sadness, anger, disappointment. So acknowledge it and let it be. And when we create in this space, it can also transform. We don't need to do anything active. So this is a great tip. Thank you very much. Chris, before we wrap up, where can our audience find you? Yeah, a great place to find me and on a daily basis is Instagram at Chris Marhefka. I also run a company called Training Camp for the Soul. Uh, that's a good place to find me, trainingcampforthesoul.com uh, or chrismarhefka.com, my first and last name. Uh, and in between those, you can find all the work that I do, a lot of the stuff that we've talked about here, Um, I do online programs and in-person retreats, and uh, I, I also coach in the leadership space specifically with leaders who have reached the end of that, uh, similar to me, the, the, the moment of realizing that um, there's got to be something more, and that's, that's who I'm really passionate about working with. Great. So thank you very much. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for having me on. This was an absolute pleasure. This was Chris Mafka. Hope you enjoyed our conversation. You are invited to subscribe to our podcast in order to know when we upload a new episode and to follow us on social media. Thank you for listening. Until next episode, take care and bye-bye.